Is lazy money still a concern in 2024's higher interest rate landscape? In this episode, we explore this question, examining how the recent rise in interest rates affects the money sitting in savings accounts, CDs, and conservative investments. We'll discuss the new dynamics of managing your funds in a world where traditional savings methods and seeing better returns. Are these options now a viable part of a savvy investment strategy? Or are they still better ways to make your money work harder for you? A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Well, thanks for joining us on today's episode. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles. And yeah, we're talking about lazy money today. Scott, this is probably a show that we've done in a previous year, but we're going to be able to look at it a whole new light on today's episode. So I think that should be kind of fun. For for once, we won't say to someone, go back and listen to the previous episode because the information has kind of changed a little bit. So Yeah, the world's changed. (laughs) The world has changed in (laughs) in lots of different ways. and, uh, And it has impacted perhaps our view of lazy money, or at least brings up these important questions of, hmm, should we change our thinking on this whole deal? Uh, Before we dive into all of that, though, how is life? I know you're licking your wounds a little bit with the Browns' early exit from the playoffs, and yeah, 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 and you know, it's uh, you know, we're recording this in mid-January, and you know, the Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs. It's freezing cold, and uh, I'm waiting for what six weeks till pitchers and catchers report to spring training ah okay so you've turned your attention to to the baseball world now. well i mean i like basketball i like that's watching true. the Cavs. And, and but you know it's like that's the next big thing because uh you know in cleveland it's all it's I me mean, it's a brownstown so everybody's talking browns every you know all the time that's always the main topic you know and then and then the guardians and the Cavs are kind of second fiddles to the browns yeah so you've got a uh, little bit of that long NBA slog that we're in the middle of now, kind of that beginning of the midway point of the season and mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to baseball. So a little, little lull for you, a little, little blue after the football comes to an end here. But. Yep, but in a few weeks, you know, we're, we're you know we got lacrosse starting up for the season, you and uh, you know that's going to keep me busy through the spring. So nice. Are are you refing, coaching, uh, or just watching this year? So I am. I am still coaching. I'm helping out, not in official capacity though, because okay. you know when when uh, you know it, it's tough for me to commit a lot of time like I used to be able to. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely helping out coaching. And uh, then you know my my one daughter, it's her senior year of college, so we want to make sure we've hit as many of those games as possible. And those are all drives and trips because you know it's not. Not, not next teams. door. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Four-hour drives and stuff. Yeah, 
You'll be glad that you did it, though. And and final year, that's going to be a different feeling for you guys after this year, won't it? Final year of lacrosse yeah. viewing. The final daughter is through. will be through college. Well, no, and... no. I still have my my freshman in high school. That's oh, not oh, that's right. Okay, all right. So yeah, you've still so... got more years of, of lacrosse ahead of you. Okay. Yeah, four. And if she goes to side some plays in college, which she wants to, okay. then, uh, you know, I, I could have eight more years. So. Oh, never mind. I take it back. You've got yeah. still plenty of, plenty of trips ahead of you. <laughs> I feel like I'm a lifer. <laughs> I think you are. I think you are at this point you're, you're, you might be uh joining a, a, a lacrosse broadcast crew before it's all said and done i could say hey, that I, I could do it As a matter of fact funny story uh this was probably i don't know let's call it five six years ago the local cable channel broadcast the uh, varsity high school lacrosse game and you know i i again at that point i was helping down on the sidelines coaching but i wasn't you know an official capacity and they needed two people to do the broadcast and uh you know i got picked i know the rules i know all the girls and, and i knew everything so i was kind of the color that's commentator awesome you never told me that that's great yeah so i did do it once and, and it was fun i had a i had a blast doing it i never watched the broadcast so i don't know how good i did uh-huh. but but uh yeah i had fun doing it that's awesome. Yeah. I only called lacrosse a couple of times and uh, men's lacrosse a few times, women's oh, maybe maybe two or three times. And uh, women's lacrosse was hard. Um, I really had to lean on the color commentator because I was like, all right, I'm still getting used to these rules. Like if you, if you don't whistles. know the game, all the whistles and then the, the distance rules and all those kinds of things, you definitely have to try and learn on the fly if you're not watching it all the time or have somebody in it. So. I'm sure your 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 play by play guy really appreciated the knowledge you brought to the table. I would imagine. Well, and you know what, uh, and that was well before my podcasting days, so I had no, you know, I wasn't as comfortable on the mic as I am now from doing. Yeah. I don't know that laid the three four years of podcasting. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, it did. That's cool. Well, when that opportunity comes up next time, you'll be able to really tackle it. So, oh, I would. I'd awesome. be all over that. Awesome. All right, well, let's get into lazy money, the opposite of uh, what it takes to be competitive in, in those lacrosse arenas. Uh, but, yes, lazy money. Let's dive into the conversation here, Scott. First of all, start with the basics. Let's explain for those who maybe didn't hear that episode from a few years ago. Um, what are we typically talking about when we use this very official term, lazy money? Well, so lazy money is money that you have that, that's barely keeping up with inflation. So this is going to be mostly bank account money, you know, checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, some money markets. You know, that's going to mostly be what your lazy dollars are. So if interest rates are, are up, that lazy money return is usually going to be up, but it's always going to usually trail inflation by a little bit. So you're never quite keeping up with the cost of, of your your bread in the grocery store, for instance. And a lot of people, too, you know, they want to invest conservatively, so they want to focus on that lazy money a lot. But that could be a dangerous proposition for them. It's a great point, and I think that's something that a lot of people um, kind of just overlook a little bit of what role those dollars might play in their portfolio, and that's kind of what this episode is all about. But here's where the lens has, I suppose, changed a bit, Scott. Interest rates have gone up, obviously, from when they were at those rock-bottom lows of, you know, 2.5% or somewhere in that region. Um, and so is lazy money an issue anymore if I can go to the bank and get a couple of percent on the dollars that sit in there? Is it that lazy anymore? 
Well, it's definitely got up off the couch, but it's not running a marathon. Okay, so it's, still, it's it's moved from the couch to the front porch, but still yeah. So the, so we've got a little movement there because what you need to understand is okay. So it's, you can get a six month CD. I, the six month CDs peaked right around five and a half percent. Okay, um, at least the ones that we were offering. So and then they've they've started to come down as of mid January. We're kind of around you know four point nine five percent at this point in time, but it's always you know that inflation is always going to be a little bit higher. So so even though the a CD may be paying five percent, if inflation is six and a half then you're still not keeping up with that cost. Yes, it feels good saying, boy, you know, I can get 5% on a CD for six months, but, you know, it's not keeping up with that inflation. We feel that way because we've had that long period of time where interest rates were so low for so long that, you know, we were used to just getting barely anything in our savings account. We're still just getting a little bit more than than what we used to in savings. But, you know, we just haven't got ourselves to that point yet, you know, where that lazy money is going to pass inflation. It's not designed to do that. I just love the analogy of it's off the couch, on the porch, and then it kind of, that that illustration, we could expand out quite a bit, right? Like somebody, okay, then you have your people that are, you know, go out for walks on the street, and that would be a roll of some of your dollars. Then those, you know, that go and they run their weekend 5K, and that's great. And then you've got Mm -hmm. your ultra marathon runners. Like, we we could totally do a whole show based on all of the uh, the different types of exercisers and people and runners and and walkers and joggers and and whatnot out there. So Right, and if you push too hard, you could fall over from a heart attack. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, you go run those 100-mile races in the heat and see what happens to you. Yeah, extreme ultra-marathoners. Those people are crazy. Not to go off on a tangent, but uh, they insane. Are. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I tr- I've tried running that half marathon, and that's a tough distance. That's I can't yeah. imagine the full, and I can't imagine going beyond that even. Just insane. Yeah. All right, back to the topic. So what's the big deal? Uh, obviously, if we sit on the couch all day, we get fat, and we die early in life, perhaps. Uh, so that would be the danger of being lazy but what about lazy money why is it so dangerous why is it such a big deal to talk about yeah so you know a a lot of the times people they want to be more conservative i i just had somebody give me a call yesterday and uh they they're retiring and their existing clients and we've been growing their money they've been doing very well but he's retiring and he he says on the phone hey i'm you know i'm retiring you know, we set up an appointment, he's coming in the office, but we want to see, you know, I, I want to get in a position where I don't take any risk anymore because I don't want to lose my money. You know, he remembers 2008 when those markets went down and now that he's in retirement, he wants to start to be more conservative. So he mentioned, you know, maybe some CDs or something, you know, they're paying well right now. So a lot of people will want to get more conservative and use that rate. But what you have to remember is that this is a short-term solution. Rates are starting to come down. They will come down. And what's going to happen to those CD rates, those money market rates, when you go to renew them, they're going to be lower. So you have to be careful that you don't have too much of that money in your portfolio 
in you know too much lazy money in your portfolio because you're not going to keep up with inflation over the long term and what you'll have is let's say you retire at 65 by the time you're 85 you know that gap between the cost of bread at the grocery store and what how much your money has grown will be much much larger and then you're going to need to withdraw more because the bread at the grocery store is going to be more expensive and but you didn't grow your money enough and then you have a tendency to run out of money so the key is going to be having that combination of where you can get the growth and where you can have that safe money that you can rely on as a consistent income but yet still grow money for the long term great points all across the board scott so let's look at the root of the problem why do people get into this situation in the first place how does this lazy money build up like it does to where it becomes problematic well, so, you know, it, it all kind of stems from being risk adverse and not having proper guidance. I think when a lot of people, they get scared of investments, they get scared of the markets, especially when they get to retirement. While they're working, they're just throwing all their money in their retirement plans. They're not really usually paying a lot of attention to it. You know, and they accumulate money throughout their years of working and then they get to that retirement and they're like, man, I don't want to lose that money. But what they forget about is that if they retire at 65, they could have another 30 years that they need to live off that money. So that's a difference between 35 and 65 on the growth side and from 65 to 95 on the distribution side. That's a long time. Just think of what 30 years ago looked like. You know, how much houses cost, how much cars cost, how much you spend at the grocery store, all that stuff 30 years ago. So we're talking, you know, early 90s. I mean, it was a big difference in cost and a big difference in a lot of things. So we need the plan to be able to have that growth over the longer term to stay ahead of inflation, but yet still keep money secure and safe that you're going to be using for an income in, let's say, the next you know five years. So you want to have money set aside to generate income for you for the next five years, but you want to grow money for that longer term. All good points across the board here so far, Scott. So maybe to put a bow on this lazy money conversation, we look at how you then help people. So you determine, all right, yeah, I probably have too much lazy money in one area of my plan, uh, but I'm hesitant to make a change, perhaps. Uh, do you run into mm -hmm. that, first of all? And then if you do, how do you help problem solve people kind of correct this issue? Yeah, I mean, we run into that all the time. And that's where our worry-free retirement blueprint comes into play. Because what we're able to do then is we get a total idea of their situation, what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, how much money they're going to need to withdraw from their portfolio to supplement income like Social Security and pensions that are, or maybe rental income that they may have. Once we kind of get that number, we then work to construct that portfolio and that investment strategy so that we've got, like I mentioned before, at least five years worth of money that's outside of the markets that is going to be able to generate that income for you. So in other words, if you need $2,000 a month, if we have those five years worth of income, we can start drawing that, let's say, $2,000 a month off of there. No matter what the market does on the growth side, it's never going to affect our income because we've already set that money aside. And the reason why we do that is 
when we look back at 2008, it took about five years for that market to recover. So you don't want to be pulling money out of your portfolio when the markets are done. So this allows us to have more lazy money and more conservative investments that we can utilize to generate income for you. But yet we're still growing for the long term. And there's other ways that we can do that too, depending on, on the client and the situation. We can structure it a lot of different ways. We can utilize you know, insurance products like annuities to give a guaranteed income stream if that's what they feel more comfortable with. There's pros and cons with that. But there's a lot of different directions to go. Thank you for the guidance, Scott. Appreciate that perspective. And I know that it is always it wraps into the larger financial plan and that conversation. So how does lazy money fit in with everything else that you're doing in terms of your retirement preparation? And uh, that's why we talk about these things on kind of these smaller segments, these individual situations and looking at small pieces of the plan to make it easy to digest. But just always keep that in mind that it's going to come back to the overall plan and how it fits into that vision. And if you've got questions for Scott and want to set up a time to meet for a complimentary review of your financial plan, you can do that by going to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net from wherever you are. Scott can meet with you remotely. Scott, uh, talkwithscott.net. That's linked in the description of today's show as well. Or you can call him at 888-742-0111. 888-742-0111. All right, still to come on today's show, we're going to get to know Scott a little bit better with a fun question of the week. And uh, we've got a great listener question as well. We'll tell you all about that topic coming up. But first, let's get to know Scott first. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, our question for you on today's episode. I said it was a fun one, although it's it's kind of a it's probably a fun conversation, but a bad premise, I suppose. Um, if you ever find yourself up for execution, isn't that a rosy like way to set that up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what will your request be for your last meal? Wow, you know how tough this is, Walter. I because I would like request a buffet full of like I've twenty different of my that. favorite things. Right? What are the I mean, rules? What are the rules? Do they limit you? Yeah, gotta be right. Yeah, you know, because I love Skyline Chili. I would love to have a plate, a five way, of Skyline Chili. Then I'd love to have a steak and a, and, you know, a lobster tail. I, you know, I I would like to have a bunch. I like a lot of different foods. A good pizza. Yeah, that'd be great. Just a slice, you know, and I mm-hmm. could kind of eat a little bit. I would love to you know, have a buffet. But if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I would probably go with that Skyline Chili. I just love okay. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I did a quick Google search, and, and, and this is not uh, well-researched because I'm just literally reading the first result off of Google. So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. But it says the prison system may enforce a dollar limit uh, to the last meals of death row inmates. The most common limit is $40. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. So your, your last meal must not require $40 to produce or to procure and cook, or it could be denied. So there wow, you go. That, that is not much of a last meal. Yeah, that I mean, isn't. you can't you can't get steak and lobster for. Four I, I was going to say lobster might be on my list, and that I, I might that might be all I eat is one lobster, no no sides or anything. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of stink. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my skyline chili. I can get two plates for under forty bucks. Yep, and some cheese conies. I can stuff myself. Mm-hmm. He, now he, here's one. So maybe it's not always imposed because here here's another request uh, search on Google was what's the strangest last meal ever made on death row and this one happens to highlight something that a guy he asked for 20 beef tacos and enchiladas 
two double cheeseburgers and a jalapeno pizza and a fried chicken. That's, I mean, tacos and, and he, enchiladas he are pretty cheap, but yeah. Depending well, on where he, they get the burgers and the pizza from, actually, you could pull that off for forty bucks if you were very strategic about where you got it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh boy, a good burger. See, like I said, I, you know, I would if I was on death row, I, I would. I would work in the prison system, save my money for my last meal. I'd be like, here, here's a go. grand that I've been yes. you know, working for 50 go. years while I've on, been doing all my appeals. Uh, can you just get me what I want? You know what? <laughs> I bet that plays into it. I bet it, if you don't have, if you literally have no money, then they, that your $40 limit is what the state is willing to do or the, or the, or the federal system is willing to do. But if right, you've got don't your they own, get like commissary money or something for probably. making license plates or something? I don't know if they get it on death row, though. Maybe that's yeah, different. Maybe not. But if you had money on the outside, maybe then you can still use a little bit of that. I don't right, know. We're right. getting too yeah. deep into these questions. but uh, Yeah, I know. But I'm intriguing. going Skyline Chili. Yeah. I like that. That's an interesting choice. Chili would be good. Just a very hearty final meal. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard for me not to pick chicken wings. Uh, I'm definitely mm-hmm. definitely a chicken wing guy. And you can you can draw that out. You know, you can take a nice take your time, gnaw on some bones, make that last meal go a while. So mm-hmm. probably go with that, and then like an Oreo milkshake to finish it off for dessert. It'd be pretty good. It'd be ready after that. Yeah, I like it. All right, very good. Well, there you go. Last meal. Uh, always interesting to think about that, I suppose. Uh, more coming up on today's show. In fact, next we're going to answer a listener question, so let's hop to it. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, our listener question this week comes to us from Erica. And Erica says, I'm a big believer in my current company's future, so the majority of my 401k is invested in company stock. I understand that I'm not diversified, but isn't that okay since I know the company so well? Well, Erica, this is something that I, I run across quite commonly. And, you know, there's you know, there's obviously a lot more information that we kind of need. So all by if if all of the funds that you have set aside for retirement are going to be invested in one single investment, though the company may be great. All companies make mistakes. Different things happen. And if you're over-diversified with all of your retirement funds or all the funds that you have in one particular investment, that could spell trouble if that company gets into trouble. So again, not knowing a lot about your situation, if you've got million dollars and you know IRAs outside of your account or in, in different investments outside of your 401k at work and then you've got a hundred thousand in the company stock not a big deal so it's all kind of seeing what your particular situation is and what makes the most sense for you but generally you you're exactly right you you realize that you're not diversified and i think you realize that there's risk there by not doing that but you feel so strongly that the company's going to do well that you're willing to take that risk you just need to realize what the possible downsides could be and you know if you wanted to schedule a 15 minute phone call and kind of walk through some of this stuff you know with me you know, you can hop on the website, schedule that phone call, and uh, I'll be more than happy to kind of walk through your situation with you, Erica. Yeah, it's a really good question, Erica. Thanks for sending that one in. You, you do kind of feel like, hey, I've got this foot in the door. I know the health. Like, doesn't this make this a, a safer investment than others? It seems to make sense on the surface, but, boy, we just never want that uh, all eggs in one basket kind of thing going on in our portfolios. That's the big the big struggle and the issue there, right? So. Yep. 
Good question. Uh, appreciate you reaching out. Interesting that you noted, Scott, you, you see that a lot. So it's it's a pretty frequent thing that you encounter. And that's interesting to know that this is not a, a rare thing. Well, I think a lot of people want to have that loyalty to their company and, and they feel good about their company and they want to be part of it. And so, I, yeah, I usually do see where a lot of people are going to have more, especially if it's a larger company that's been around for a while and the stock has done well. Uh, yeah, it's natural to gravitate to that. Yep, absolutely. Another great question. Thanks, Erica, for sending that one in to us. If you would like to ask your question one-on-one with Scott, you don't have to do it here on the air. You can have a conversation about anything that's on your mind when it comes to financial and retirement planning and how to do it, uh, maybe an issue that you're facing in your financial life. Scott can help you navigate through that. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give him a call at 888 0111 or go online to talkwithscott.net and you can schedule a time to visit right from your smartphone or computer. We've linked to that in the description of today's show as well. Again, go to talkwithscott.net and schedule that time to visit. Well, Scott, thank you for all your help on the show today. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again shortly. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Very good. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.